No coffee, no prana. Help people wake up. Let me play my part. Check to hate. Like, is that real? Did that happen? Like, the structure of your brain actually changes. And do you still feel that every day? And then it got time for guitars. Eating disorder, like, I didn't want to die. Tendencies. But I didn't want to live. Helpless little girl. You gotta go in the hospital. You feel powerless because the body has a fear reaction. The opportunity to empower. No one can take away my power. I won't take myself out. Artists that are true like that, those are the ones that tend to like create change. Is your podcast interview going to be? No, it was last night. How long are you going to be interviewing Torio? It's like, I wrote back, don't know. Hmm. How's awesome. that for clear and concise? <laughs> because I don't time these things. I just want to make sure, I mean, I want to have enough content for four episodes because that's sure. the way I, I make every interview gives me a month of content because I'm only one person with a full-time job and no staff. So um, Smart. Yeah, but I listen to like Joe Rogan. He's at like a three-hour interview per week. I'm like, fuck, that wow. would be cool. But I just, how would I ever find that much content? And I don't think he edits either. Like I, I help people out <laughs> when I when I sit down to to put these things together. I yeah. help people out if they step on something, step in something. So, um, anyway, uh, I want to make sure we make time for you to talk about what's new with you. Any kind of new creative outlets, or um, you know, the kids are four and six, so they'll be fine. <laughs> They're fine. You just put them in the backyard. You know, a right. couple axes, logs, start chopping wood. There you go. They're ready for that. Uh, yeah, actually, thanks for asking. I've, with this whole idea of world empathy and, you know, how do we reach out to a, I'm guessing like you did, how do I reach more people with this thing that needs to be said? Uh, something I've had in the back of my mind for a long time was a podcast. And I went, you know, I would really like to have a podcast that's about interviewing people that have found the light. You know, after I have had conversations with different artists and they've gone through hard times, but they've come out on top and they've found the light, uh, I was like, those are stories that need to be shared. And so being the weirdo that I am, I started to think through, you know, what yoga terms could be for this thing. And I, I came up with uh, coffee and prana. There you go. Coffee and prana. And there's a yoga joke that this old yogi, his name was uh, Patabi Joyce. Uh, he's uh, the founder of Ashtanga Yoga, would always say, no coffee, no prana. Prana simply means it's your life force. Uh, it's how is we that live. like chi? Yeah, exactly. How is that different than chi? It's a different way of saying it. They're the okay. same. It, it's the energy that thrives within us. Does chi have a, a Hindi equivalent? Like that word sounds really similar in a lot of different languages, I've noticed. So I'm wondering how far that spread and, and still had the same sound to it. Yep. So the, they're all very... Similar that they, they're pretty much born in India. Uh, some of them are more Buddhist uh, from the Buddha's teachings. Others come from uh, Patanjali, uh, who was just in a different part of India. I want to say it was about 500 BCE that both of them were starting to teach this idea of everything that we've been talking about. Attachments was mm -hmm. the Buddha's big teaching is life is suffering. We're very lucky that his uh, teachings didn't stop there. Because then he said that as humans, we have the ability to come out of suffering. We just have to realize that our suffering comes from dukkha. What a great word. Dukkha. Dukkha. Which simply means attachment. Um, 
And so once we realize that we're attaching to something, that's meaning that I'm suffering, I can do something about it. And I can come out of it and, and find peace and harmony. Oh, fuck. Sorry, can you say that again? Not dukkha. That's why you have the, the shock yeah. absorber on there. It doesn't... <laughs> yeah, but I punched the mic right when you said peace and harmony. I was like, and then I just groaned like, peace idiot. and harmony. That's not going to work. <laughs> just leave this in the way it is. It's all good. So here's, all right. Well, I yeah, so, so, and then that, that was, you know, kind of the, the poly, I, I believe, I, I'll fact check me on this, is where like the idea of chi comes from. Uh, Patanjali was saying something very similar, but it's, he got more into uh, vrittis, which are the reactions of our mind. Hmm. Um, I have a lot of vrittis. Yeah. Yeah. People call it monkey mind. You can call it whatever the heck you want. It's yeah. just when our mind is not so much that it's there, because it's always there. You know, we all have a little sibyl in us. Uh, oh, Christ. You know, little personalities of little conversations that are happening. It's just when we attach to them and start to make them reality. So, and then prana, you know, is that. It's the life force of, which comes from breath. Uh, pranayama is, is the breathing techniques that we do in yoga. Are you serious? Yeah. Do you know Yama is the Hindu god of death? There it is. So, so again. We have different interests, you and I. <laughs> so, de- <laughs> so You're like, tell me more about Shavasana. So Everything li- life and death, you know, and people always go, well, Hindu, they, they have all these gods. Oh, man, do we want to go down this road? Yeah. So, I, I've always been a very spiritual person. I was always confused by the concept of God and gods, whether it be in, you know, a Western culture where we think of God as this puppet master or, you know, how does that work then when in a Hindu Eastern culture, they have multiple gods. I mean, their, their strings are going to get all fucking tangled up. Yeah, You can't have multiple gods, you know, being a puppet master. I had the honor of being a student of Dr. Robert Holden, who's written lots of books on love, empathy, understanding, mindset, and he gets into it, into spirituality. And for the first time, the light went off in my mind that gods are a reflection of us. So in the Hindu religion, where there are multiple gods, each god is a reflection of one of our beings of how we show up in life. You know, so... That's all there. And then even I started to bring it to when I, I, I say that I grew up uh, Catherine. I was baptized Catholic and confirmed Lutheran. I was Catherine. Catherine. <laughs> well, it's another girl name for you to add to your There it is. Identity. Perfect. Uh-huh. I haven't made fun of you. This It's been an hour and a half and I haven't told you you have a girl name. Well, I, you I'm know. off the ball. Tori. It's only 10 in the morning. And so it, I, it brought peace to my heart to go... Because I've always fought against it. I've always fought against what God is and how does that then play into this idea of what my life has become. You know, a spiritual teacher, a yoga teacher of how we show up. Because uh, I refuse to believe that there's a puppet master that, that's controlling me. We are in control of our own lives. But when you start to think of God, and it's even stated in the Bible that God is a reflection of man, man is a reflection of God. Mm-hmm. And his own image and all that. Exactly. And... It's interesting how we as humans start to interpret books. We see words that are black and white and how easily we'll believe a teacher and what they say. And another great teaching of the Buddha is, yes, I am your teacher, but do not take what I say 
as black and white, as truth. So you can't be a fundamentalist Buddhist because it's literally against the teachings? The Buddha never wanted a religion. Like, if he knew that there was this Buddhist religion out there, he would go, ooh, I don't think so. Now, honestly, I've not had a conversation with a Buddha. Buddha voice, man. <laughs> that was the best of all the impressions we've done so far. That was... It's, it's sweet. I'll, I'll remember to bring that one back someday. Oh, that's my teaser. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, he, he was just meant to, he just wanted to help people wake up. Uh, there's even a story about this little boy that went up to the Buddha and he saw the Buddha, he was shining and all this. And he was like, are you en- enlightened? And the Buddha simply looked at him and said, no, I'm awake. Hmm. And I think that's what this is all about. And that's actually what the podcast, the, you know, Coffee and Prana is about, to bring it back full circle, yeah. is how can we share stories and how can we share concepts on how do we wake up in life? Because we are. A lot of us are in a fog, and we walk through life uh, just stuck in our thoughts. But there is so much good to be seen and to experience if we simply wake up to it. So it's coffeeandprana.com is our website. It's live. Yeah, it's, but it's uh, evolving. can you spell prana for regular people, please? Prana. Prana. P-R-A-N-A. Oh, it doesn't have a bunch of crazy H's. No, actually... I was I, waiting for the worst. I really enjoy Sanskrit for for, for the <laughs> most part. It, it actually is spelt the way it sounds. Is it? Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, like the German? Uh, not, not like our language where I misspell everything because I never remember all the rules. It's pointless. You know, I've seen all those studies that say that spelling is pretty meaningless and we can read with the words, the letters in the wrong order. Mm-hmm. That makes me wonder what dyslexia really is. If we don't need spelling, well, I think I'm misunderstanding dyslexia there. I'm going to take it back into my wheelhouse. <laughs> Mental health. <laughs> there we go. No, so, so you talked a lot of, in this last uh, time about, uh, I'm not kicking you off, I'm just getting comfortable, about being present and uh, in uh, eating disorder clinics and with therapy generally for PTSD, people talk a lot about to survive the day, to survive the night, the next panic attack, the next new memory, whatever, they talk a lot about distraction. And here are some ways you can distract yourself. You can light a candle, you can write, you can do this and you can do that. And I remember Kel talking with someone one day saying, you know, that's, those are all good techniques to survive the moment, but you can't distract forever. Eventually I have to learn how to live with this. What am I going to do? And like, it was almost, it was almost like she was, I'm, I'm interested in this idea of being awake is the healthy place because I know so many stories like this where it would be best if people didn't know what happened to them like or they're they're or they're terrified not to get another memory they're terrified to get a new memory or they're if if i think about this anymore it's just going to eat me alive i have to find a way to put it behind me and it's almost like the closing the eyes is becomes the safer place to be mm-hmm. um and the being aware hyper aware of what's gone on with with your body and all and what's happened to you and all the things in life you couldn't control the trauma um is the dangerous place, and that's the place that can take a person. They might cut, they might self-harm, they might not live through the night, etc., etc. So this is really, really paradoxical to me to sit down with you for a while and have you say, it's the eyes shut that's the dangerous, that's the sickness, and it's the eyes open that's where we heal. Eventually. Eventually. Each individual is on their own journey, their own roller coaster ride. And what I love about where yoga is today is that there are so many different techniques. And by yoga, I'm not just saying the physical class again. I'm talking about how we make connections, 
Um, so meditation within that as well. And some of them are distraction-based on purpose because every morning I get up and I, I do something that is called anapana. Anapana simply means mindful meditation. It's breath-focused. That's the only thing you focus on and you allow the mind to wander. You let it go and eventually you find out, well, I attach to that thought. Cool. I'm going to bring my attention back to my breath. The idea is that as thoughts arise, the trauma arises from time to time. If I don't ignore it and push it back down, because that's when it will always stay with you, eventually I don't allow the reactions to control me anymore. And it's almost like a pressure cooker. If I continue to breathe and I continue to breathe, there's a little valve on the top and it's going to eventually allow that to go. It doesn't mean it's not part of me and it's left completely, but it no longer controls me. Mm -hmm. But for some people, you know, having a distraction method, lighting a candle and watching the flicker of a flame while my breath is there, to, or coming up with a, a mantra. A mantra could be anything as, as I breathe in, I say, I am love. On the exhale, I go, I'm letting bad shit go. Mm. Um, or I count. There's so many different techniques just to help you go, I need to be able to sit with me. And that's, I think, the true practice of life is, can I sit with me, whatever state I'm in? It's not always, I think I've said this about five or ten times, is that it's not always easy. It's not always going to be great. Yeah. More importantly, when life is shitty, can I still take the time to sit and recognize I'm human. Eventually, hopefully, hopefully, people go, I love me. Yeah. I think that's one of the hardest things for people to do. But, you know, to wake up in the, in the morning, look in the mirror and go, I love myself. I would say there's probably 80 to 85% of the people that aren't dealing with trauma yeah. that go, I don't want to do that. And so now you add on trauma, PTSD, and that's even another brick wall that is, you know, preventing me from seeing how special I truly am. So the more that we can just take 10 seconds, breathe and practice, it slowly starts to chip things away. Mm. But it's, it's, people go, the more I meditate, is it going to get better? Easier to do? Easier to do. Like when I try to meditate, I always have the same song pop into my head. Mm -hmm. I sit for a little while. It's nice and quiet. I'm breathing. I can't really cross my legs. You know, I have like weird hips or whatever, but uh, but I can just kind of sit on a mat. It's nice and peaceful. The birds are outside. And after, after like 30 seconds, I'm wide awake. <laughs> it's not even a good tune. No. And you can't <laughs> sing it. It's so quick. And I don't know any of the other words to that song. I don't know what person felt like they need to put that out into the world That's for the rest amazing. of us to be trying to get our fucking yoga on and then every, i'm wide awake or if you're trying to fall asleep at night obviously that's the perfect time oh, to, to hear sweet. that one yeah so. <laughs> but it doesn't get easier like i've had sits where you know you sit there and you go oh, i'm gonna sit for an hour today and you sit and you're like oh that was amazing i've got this i'm nailing it i have achieved Oh, what did we used to say? I've dominated. I've dominated Domin yoga. Oh my God, we did. Because I, I worked with the guy who was uh, like uh, almost a pro athlete. The kind of, oh, if I hadn't injured this or that, he'd, he'd be playing the pros or whatever. And he w once finished the sandwich at work and said he had dominated it. And then I was like trying so hard to keep a straight face. And I came home that day and, and we just started saying dominate about everything. Everything. And then within not too long after that, 
there's Cal and she actually is trying to dominate a sandwich. So it's yeah. like became, it started as an inside joke, but then it had like a double meaning. Yeah. Oh. So yeah. So as soon as you feel like you dominated yoga, um, <laughs> or you had a great sit, the next day, you know, it, it could be back at square one. I actually believe that we can levitate. Here, let me, let me do really get yoga trippy on you. All right, here we go. So if we are truly rid of all the shit in our mind, you know, we know that we use, what, 5 8% of our brain, it's something horrible. stupid like that, yeah. if we want to get all science geeky. So there, are, who knows what's possible is basically what I'm trying to say. But let's say that I am levitating. As soon as I go, fuck yeah, I'm levitating, your ass is hitting the ground. Mm. And that to me is life. As soon as I say, I'm, I've made it, this is awesome, you're no longer living in the present moment because that's really it. Is we're not meant, and this is a hard concept to get, I think, for where we are in our mindset today, is that we're not meant to go do things. We're not meant to be human doers. We're human beings. Hmm. And if you are showing up as an authentic person, life will progress how it should. Everything is meant to happen for a reason because we learn from our experiences. That's a shitty lesson to learn because some of them are really shitty. As soon as we stop pushing that away and are able to sit with it, who knows, maybe we will wake up and go, I'm content. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So one word that we haven't used, but I feel like we've talked about a lot, is acceptance. And in, in mental health recovery, we talk about radical acceptance. Um, it's interesting, this idea that you just said, when you said once you acknowledge that you've achieved what you want or whatever, or that you're having a really good yoga session or whatever it is, then you've kind of wrecked it, kind of busted the balloon. It's almost like when you step outside yourself and, and start evaluating against that judgment bar again, oh, I wanted to achieve this and I did. Once you're back into some kind of a judgment mode, you step outside the enlightenment. Is that kind of what it is? Yeah. That's interesting. It's like retail therapy. Retail therapy? Retail therapy. I want, I want, I want a new microphone. Yeah. And you get that new microphone and you go, ugh. I don't feel any better. I don't feel any better. Sound better. <laughs> <laughs> the sounds. Uh, no, okay, so radical acceptance, though. Um, does that have any place in, uh, in your practice, in yoga, in meditation? It feels like it should be right there in that family. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think simply what we call it is love. You know, if you live in love, again, that's not an, an external thing, and I... I I believe from my own life that I used to believe love is this external thing that I received from somebody else. It was when Harry met Sally, you mm. know, those movies really fucked me up as a kid. Cause that's what I thought love was. I haven't seen them. Lucky you. Romantic <laughs> comedies. Rom-com. They're never about me. That's right. <laughs> Barely ever seen one. <laughs> but no, when... I have a couple favorites. My all time favorite, not serious movie besides Elizabeth was actually Matchmaker. It's just this stupid, not even high budget. Yeah, it's Janine Garofalo. Oh, really? Yeah, but she goes to Ireland. And uh, it's just, growing up, I thought that was the funniest shit ever. It's not as good anymore. I watched it once to try to, you ever try to relive and something's not like it was oh, when you totally. were 14? 
I'm in those doldrums right now. Like, nothing brings it back. Nothing. <laughs> to be 12 again. Oh, that was a funny movie. Um, so what, why did that yeah. movie fuck you up? Oh, it just painted a picture of how relationships were supposed to be. Uh. How I was supposed to receive love. And, you know, I, I think this goes full circle as well as, you know, when we started, you know, and we, you were talking about when you met Kelly and you just knew and I, I met my wife and just knew was I was finally at a point in my life where I was done trying. I'm done trying to find a relationship. I am done trying to find love. I actually just really like myself right now and I'm cool just being with me. And all of a sudden, it was, I would swear, it was within a couple of days of me saying that statement of going, God, why am I trying so hard? I really like me. I don't need anybody else to validate that. Radical self-acceptance. Yeah. Boom. All of a sudden, I meet this this wonderful person that I didn't even want to ask out. I just went, hey, you want to go get a cup of coffee? You seem like a cool person. I would love to, you know, just meet. (sighs) But you should have because she thought you were gay. I Totally. I thought she was a lesbian. It was ah! a match made in heaven. You've said that? Oh, yeah. So we went out. You've never heard this story? <laughs> <clears throat> well, I've heard versions of it. I asked her out for coffee. She was like, well, how about dinner? I was like, okay, that sounds Hint, cool. Hints. Whatever. Um, I, did, I just, honestly, she thought I was gay, so there was no, no risk. harm, no risk, yeah. no harm, no foul. Um, I, you're all going to start to understand why she thought I was gay here in a second, I think. Well, first, I'm a yoga teacher, so I'm a little bit more sensitive. Uh, she knew I was musical theater because I'd break out in song every yeah, now and then when I taught. Yeah, ballet in high school. Yeah. And uh, at the time, I was uh, doing uh, theater classes for at-risk kids in high school. Mm. And so I was running a little bit late from that. And I was driving. And I called her up. And I said, I'm sorry. I'm running late from this theater thing that I was doing for at-risk kids. And she said, that's okay. There's this beautiful bartender sitting here that I'm having a great time chatting with. She said, that's okay, I'm with a beautiful bartender? That's, that's what I remember. What kind of weird text what I remember. is that to send someone you I think I know? called her, and I think that's, she was like, that's all right. I was <gasps> like... Uh, Meet me at Williams, I'm next to the beautiful I think, bartender. I think she's, oh, this date's going well. I was like, well. sweet. She, but she, she said something in a way <laughs> that I went, wow, she's a lesbian. This <laughs> is awesome. She said something. This is awesome, because all I wanted to do was go have coffee... <laughs> She said dinner, and I was like, ah, oh, there's a little pressure now, and fuck, I like me. I don't want to get into a relationship right now. Huh. Um, and she said that, and I was like, oh, sweet. All right, we get to just chat and just be. I'm so happy. I get there, we start chatting, and, you know, as conversations do, I guess, we started talking about exes and whatnot, and, uh, you know, I said something about my ex-girlfriend, and she looked at me with this weird look and went, <laughs> I thought you were gay. I was like, huh, interesting, because I thought you were a lesbian. She said that This too? is sweet. Yeah. It's oh, funny, because totally. while we were trying to figure you out, um, uh, she said he might be straight because he uses the word buddy when he talks about his guy friends. So he has a buddy. And she's just trying to do all the, the gay math in her head. like <laughs> Buddy. So I never funny. knew that was a straight term. Yeah. yeah well, I, you don't, know. I don't know. I, I got a buddy. Gay guys call their friends buddy the way straight guys do so frequently. I don't know why. Well, here's a question for you. Why don't guys say friend? Why is it always a buddy? I don't know. Is friend I, too I, formal? I actually find that I don't say buddy that often. Yeah, you do. I do. You know who I'm talking about. Hey, buddy. No. Geez, well, that was creepy. Way to take us down a dark road. This was my lighthearted episode. I told you. 
No, but uh, but your uh, friend from your hometown, he's your buddy. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so that's how she was like, he might be straight. He says buddy. I think he's probably my only buddy. <laughs> my buddy and me. Oh, well, see, I can't think why she would have imagined that you could be gay. No. Just on the last two seconds. Please stop. Um, okay, cool. So, so then you guys met. And you said you met when you stopped trying to change yourself to be good enough for a relationship. Exactly. I have a I have a theory. I'm backwards. When in in my life, when I dated someone, I would do the backwards version. I do the reverse of what most people do, which is they put on this fake version of themselves, and then over time they let it go. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm the opposite, and I was just I was born this way. Um, which is I like bite my fingernails and don't shower and just the worst version of myself. Because if they'll put up with that, then I know it'll last. <laughs> interesting i just i've always been like you're not going to keep up a facade so don't start that way just be yourself you know i'm just going to show up in my old beat up jeans and black tank top is this black it is sometimes it's dark blue and i can't tell uh and be myself and tell the jokes that i like to tell and and uh if they like that then they really like me i've never put on a fake version i don't even know what fake version i would do that anyone would like I think you I would know? start with the British. I think you could pull British off pretty well. We've done enough bad accents. Yeah, I know. Let's not do it. It's been horrible. That's interesting. Did you have a sense while you were in that, like the six months before you met her, that something is about to happen? Like, did you have this kind of lifting up of your mind? Because I had this weird, fuzzy feeling right before I met Kel. Mm, I'm Nothing. not sure if I'm that in tune <laughs> uh, with with what was going on. I just remember being tired of the game. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't dated, but I imagine it would suck. I've, I'm married, and I've had a, a nine-year relationship before that, which also didn't have any dates. <laughs> I've never let's, dated anyone. <laughs> let's just jump in. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. Well, it was a long-distance thing, so we were either going to get yep. together or not, and by the time I moved out there, it was we weren't dating, we were together, so, and then once I met Cal, we, well, you know, you could say we had one date, it's a very exclusive uh, establishment called Sandy's Tavern on 66 and Penn, not everyone can get in, I can get in, not everyone can, and she didn't finish her burger, and now here we are, org. Hmm. I thought she didn't finish it because it had olives on it, and I was like, What's the matter? Don't want to eat all of it? And I thought I was the funniest <laughs> fucking... She's sitting oh, there with shit. this life-threatening eating disorder, and I won't lay off the olive jokes, Yeah. and I think I'm the cleverest fucker in town. Well, I did something right. Yeah, you did. I can't believe we can't think of when you first met her. I think it was... Did you come to the home wrecking party when I bought the house? But I met her before that. That was like September... Early September. I bought the house on September 1st. I always like to say that I'm just living so much in the present that I can't remember shit. No, it's the kids. (laughs) Just blame the kids. I can't remember anything either. Yeah, but it had to be in the fall. Yeah. Because the older one was born uh, the day after the solstice. That's why her name isn't Maya or solstice. She was born the day after the Mayan apocalypse. Do you remember? Oh my God, I do. You still do. don't. Why am I the only one who cares that she could have been called Maya? <laughs> I say that to Margaret and she's like, why do you remember why that? Why do you I'm remember like, because that? Because I thought for sure she'll be called it's Maya. It's because you're so fucking clever. Yeah. Did you eat all of it? You didn't want all of it? Why don't you want all of it, Kel? It's eat all of it. She's sitting at. there like, 
Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> this one's going to be a handful. No, she liked me. Because she asked my schedule. Do you work nights or do you work right? She goes, are you a nine to five girl? And I was like, yep. Oh, she wants to know when I'm available. She wants to know when I'm free. I didn't have the guts to ask, like, is this a date? But I did pay. And I was hoping that could mean it was a date. I remember you coming home from... So scared. I'm not sure if it was that or the Guitar Center day. But you were fucking beaming. Not GC. I was sick. She made me so sick to my stomach. All right. So it must have been after that first date so to speak oh interesting that was sunday august 12th yeah you weren't very good at hiding what you were feeling i still not i i still not i still not do that (laughs) i still not interesting well they say that about her too people tell me stories i get the 411 of course like did she gradually start to like me or did she say anything about me and they're like oh it was intense it was a runaway train (laughs) Yeah, we get along. Um, One time we were walking down the neighborhood back there on Russell. And uh, it's one of my favorite stories. We were, there was some sidewalk chalk art from some little kids on the ground. And without saying anything about it, we were holding hands. We both tiptoed around it really carefully at the exact same time without mentioning. We both made sure not to step on it. And the grown up on the front step of that house laughed and said, you don't have to do that. And just kind of laughed at us. and, And we just gave her a wave and kept walking like, yes, yes, we do. Hmm. This is how you do this. You don't step on someone when they were expressing themselves, you know? Hmm. Especially a kid. Especially a kid. Your house is harder because your kids don't have any certain spot. Sometimes you show up and the place is just like Picasso just puked all over your driveway. It's amazing. It's Um, incredible. You've got awesome kids. Sidewalk chalk, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yes. Uh, They are cool, and they're completely different and completely amazing in their own ways. But it is. uh, Sidewalk chalk is one of my favorite things in the world. Really? Oh, my God. Just watching what they do with it, and I I think it is a museum. Mm. You know, uh, and I love it. I actually just took a photo. They were coloring our fence to our backyard a few weeks ago, and they were just so meticulous of each panel got a different color. It, it looked like the best <gasps> rainbow I'd ever that's seen. That's from you. Oh, my God. I just I took a photo of it, and I was like, that, that's incredible. It's actually um, the background of our homepage on our website right now. And Coffee and Prana? Coffeeandprana.com. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and people ask why coffee. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. I don't drink coffee, so I didn't think... Exactly, it. right? And it, it's meant to be a metaphor more than anything. Waking up? Waking up. Ooh. Yeah. So it, it could have been Earl Grey tea and, and prana. It's Red just Bull. A, Red Bull and prana. It's just... Coffee well, just seemed like such a... if you want the sponsorship, you could go corporate. <laughs> think this through, Tori. Hey, Nespresso. I'm excited. I'm gonna, am I going to be on your show? Absolutely. We're going to interview each other. And, and oh, my God. We're going to have this exact same conversation. Well, you can ask me about the foundation. I haven't yeah. talked much about our work. Do you want to save those questions for that? Or I was going to ask you, you know, your favorite event. You've been supporting us from the beginning. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's to put it lightly. I lived at your house while I was putting this together. And your little ones would come up and make me feel better. Yeah. They're pretty cute. And they're not like... Uh, the thing about kids, again, coming back to the silence, like the morning I woke up after Cal passed, the very first morning, I go- woke up, walked down the stairs and sat on your kitchen floor and just stared. I had no idea how long I would still be around because I hadn't accepted that I'm going to go through with this. So I was still planning when, how. 
and sitting there and but also not thinking that hard about anything because my I, I couldn't think and uh the little the well the older one now the purple one walks up to me and stares at me in the eyes for about 10 seconds you know kids don't have any personal space mm-hmm. but i always like that about those two and uh stares at me for ages looks 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 i didn't say anything i like kids because you don't have to make small talk and walks away brings back a frog and hands it to me and then walks away again one of the one of the most like meaningful moments of my life. It's like she didn't make me explain myself. She didn't say how you been. She didn't say anything. Didn't make me say anything, and just knew exactly what I needed. Which in that moment, I apparently was Kermit. Just gave me this little frog. And then other times I've come over. One time she, oh my God, she's so cute. Teresa, are you staying over tonight? I had moved out finally. Uh, Teresa, are you staying over tonight? I said no. But then I got too tired, and I wasn't working yet. And work for a year and a half after Kel died, and uh, and I end up did sleep over. I, I did end up sleeping over, and she she wakes up in the morning, comes and sees me, and goes, "You said you weren't staying over." And I'll say, "I got too tired. I didn't want to drive home." And then she accepted that. She was like, first she had to clarify the fact that I lied to her, and then she said, "Okay," and then walked back over to the books and brought me a totally weird garden, mm-hmm. and said, "You can read this to yourself if you want to." And then sat like three feet away from me with her back turned and said, I'll be over here if you need me. God. They just, they're magical beings. I just think yep. kids are like, you know, like religious people say they're, you know, they're little drops of heaven or whatever. They're, it does feel like they have this, they haven't gone dark yet. They haven't gone hard yet. And they can communicate in a way that adults have forgotten. And we p- spend a lot of money and time trying to remember. Yeah. It's, they haven't moved into that conditioned world of, I need to please, I need to do this. They just show up and they do. Yeah. You know, it's try to keep them in that state as long as possible. It's difficult. Yeah, I feel like they're, I feel like they're growing up a little too fast for some of my liking. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. It happens. Hmm. Can't stop it. The older one knows she gets a rise out of me if she says she has a boyfriend. Oh, good Lord, don't even has go Has she down done that, that to you yet? No, she better never do that to me. She knows it annoys me. <laughs> I love having a boyfriend, Teresa. I'm oh, like, wow. I know she doesn't know what it means. She heard it somewhere or whatever, but I just, <laughs> she knows, she knows she can get to me with that one. I'm trying not to react, but like you just said, I show all my feelings. Yeah. I'm totally the overprotective parent that stands at the edge of the playground looking for other little punk kids that might bump into my kid. Give me a reason. That's right. Give me a reason, kid. It's horrible. <laughs> Yeah, there's no reactions in my mind whatsoever. All right. Well, what are you guys doing the rest of the day? Because it's pretty much, now it's lunchtime. Yeah, it's... it's. What are you guys going to do? We're going to go eat. We're going to go play. Oh, you have a text. Want to go to Minnehaha Falls. Cool. It's a great place to be present. Okay, uh, any last words about the Kelly Nicole Foundation? Why should anyone support us at kellynicolefoundation.org? Oh, my goodness. Where to even start? You know... First off, listen to the album. Hate Becoming. You'll, you'll, you'll understand, you know, why this is so important, uh, because to help provide people that not everybody's as lucky as Kelly was, where she had an outlet. She had a place that gave her purpose of knowing why she was writing music and sharing that with the world. And that's what this foundation is all about, right? It's to continue to spread that outlet to help people show up in their life and know that the trauma isn't the end. It's not the end game. It's, there's more to life 
than being beat up by what's going on in your mind. Um, and that's just a beautiful thing, you know, that somebody like you is, is willing to continue the legacy uh, of what Kelly started, but it's even, you know, every, every great legacy, you know, starts with a spark. Obviously that was Kelly, but you, Teresa, have taken that and then put your own heart and soul into it and are, are sharing this in such a huge way that everybody just needs to be involved. I mean, it, it's something that we all like to brush underneath the rug. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to look at somebody that's dealing with pain because we like to naturally be fixers. But just show up and be there. We said it with the kids. You know, they're so naturally gifted at just being there. When somebody passes, our first, you know, gut reaction is to apologize. Mm, sorry for your loss. Why? Just sit there with them the most and hold their hand. Yeah, that's the weirdest phrase. I wonder where that came from. I don't know. I've always found it really a non, like a uh, disjointed phrase. Like, I don't understand how it connects to the situation at all. It, um, yeah, it is. I don't know. It's just so weird. How did that become the thing that you say? Yeah. I haven't come up with anything better. I still think silence has its value in those situations. You know, people, what do I say when, when I'm, you know, someone loses someone? Just listen, you know. That's it. That's it. So, yeah. Get involved because this is good. The world needs it. Awesome. Thank you. I'm going to let you go. Peace out. Get the music behind the mission. Hate Becoming by Kelly Nicole on iTunes and Spotify. If you guys haven't checked out the merch table, join the movement. Buy the album. Get your Kelly Nicole band merch and donate what you can at kellynicolefoundation.org. Courage is from Amplified!